And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Very excited about my next guest. You know him, although it's been a while since we've had him on the show. It's been a couple of guests now in recent weeks that I haven't had on in a year plus. Geez, I wonder why. But he's back, and that's the point. I'm talking about Chad C.R. Stewart. He's the founder of Devonfield. Now, that's a company dedicated to the highest quality in things that I love, film production, publishing, and education, all very near and dear to my heart. Chad's an expert on writing, film, media production, global strategy, international marketing, and so much more. He's a supporter of education and the arts, something that we both want to make sure our kids are taught and raised up in properly. And as a professor at Fermanian School of Business, Point Loma Nazarene University, and so many others, Chad also enjoys writing, world travel, reading, writing, swimming, sailing, tennis, and the arts, of course. And one of my favorite things about Chad is he is a great James Bond fan, which will also tie into the discussion here in just a moment. But before we go any further, let's welcome him back to the show. It's been a while. Chad, thanks for coming on across the county. I'm glad we've been able to catch up of late. Noah, thank you for having me back. It's, uh, it's a privilege and uh, a lot of fun. Well, it's a lot of fun. Something else that's a lot of fun is besides recently finding out you're a James Bond fan, but I've been waiting until that you've seen the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, and now you know why. We're both great fans of the Daniel Craig series. Uh, He kind of has taken it in a different direction, and No Time to Die, when you're talking to me personally, it was like no other Bond film ever made. The creativity behind the film, the director, Fukunaga, is just absolute brilliant when it comes to making sure that everything was included and i mean everything in this final james bond installment from daniel craig he gave i think perhaps his best performance in this talking about daniel craig and it was kind of a mirror movie as i put it to on her majesty's secret service it was told just in such a unique way the James Bond character was able to kind of have closure, something I never thought that I would say. Mm-hmm. And it gave him an ultimate human quality, something that you never really saw James Bond develop. He was, you know, suave and sophisticated, and he made his way through the different stories. But at the end of the day, the Daniel Craig James Bond, especially in this last film, he felt like something that you and I would experience in life. And that's what gave him just the, uh, just the most touching quality to me, not just the actor, the character of James Bond was handled with such care. And I just absolutely loved that. The music was mirrored from another movie that, you know, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the themes of time and true love, something that was done differently as the outcome was flipped. And I loved that as well, keeping that the original aspect of the film and not making it like a true carbon copy of the predecessor. And Daniel Craig is just lights out in his performance as well. What are your thoughts on the film? Yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a masterpiece in, in filmmaking and storytelling um, and, a, and a new level of the action adventure movie. And, and so to, to put it into a framework, I would say what 24 did for television and the matrix did for film and the born identity did for the new spy thriller those were all landmark movies that brought the entire art form to a new level i think the new james bond movie is the new model it really is it's just it's it's just great storytelling from start to finish and and it ties in things that it, it, you said it best when we were talking earlier that it's it's just from start to finish it's action and that's the way it should be and 
I like what you said too about the, the love story. I, I'll be honest, like um, when he first met that uh, woman, uh, I think it was Inspector, if, if I'm not, if, I, uh, yes. if I remember right. Correct. I didn't really buy the relationship, quite frankly. I don't know. It just felt forced, you know. Um, but I, I bought it in this one, if you, if, you, if you know what I mean. I mean, I felt, I felt the connection. I, I, I don't want to give anything away, but I, I, I liked the thread. Um, I, li- I just liked everything about it. And the best part about this, which is something that you and I talked about off the air and you experienced when you saw it, I told you a little bit about my thoughts without spoiling the movie. The movie clocks in at two hours and 45 minutes. And the amount of movie that is absolutely necessary in this film is two hours and 45 minutes. It was perfectly paced from beginning to end. Yeah, Yeah, it didn't feel dragged. There was definitely no uh, lulls, as we we were discussing earlier. I think 90% of the movies out there are... Well, number one, they're just not great stories. Number two, they're not well written. Number three, they're not really well produced or directed. Um, they have those, if you will, fake or false or unnecessary pauses or drags. And um, this had none of it. And that's why I mean, it, it is the new, it is, it, is, it is a new model for the action adventure storytelling. It, it, I think the thing is, it struck me on so many levels, but one of those levels was it has so much thought into it. It wasn't just like, okay, we're going to write a good movie. It just had a lot of thought into it. And, um, and a lot of the tie-ins, and that's really difficult to take it from a writer. And remember, I emailed you this morning, and I said, I said it made, my first reaction was it make, made me want to be a better writer. Made me want to be a better writer. Inspired me to be a better writer. Isn't that interesting? And that, I mean, what, what film can I say that, you know? I mean, I have some of my favorite films, but um, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if a film can do that, because, I mean, we get so many movies year to year, that's probably the best compliment that you can give the James Bond writers or the No Time to Die writers as well as the director who I hadn't seen many of his films I'll be quite honest but Fukunaga just lights out in in every way yeah it, it, it was it was everything a movie should be <laughs> you know and I, I think that's why I, and I just saw it last night and so I'm and as I said earlier I'm, I'm still digesting it most movies it's like okay good next I, I need a week to unravel this. Um, I think I think Michael Douglas' movie, um, The Game, was one of those things. That's one of my all-time favorite movies because um, it's just a masterful psychological thriller. But it, that's the type of movie that you don't walk away and say, oh, okay, good, what's next? You, you, you spend a couple of weeks thinking about it, and that's a great movie. Um, and I don't mean just impacts you emotionally or, 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 or connects with you. I mean, it's just it's, it's um, threaded together so well. It's got so many different elements in it uh, that sort of flawlessly blend into the next scene. It just takes you time to, to think about it. The game is like that. No Time to Die, the James Bond movie we're talking about right now is just like that. 24 is just like that. You had mentioned 24, yeah. one of my favorite series of all time, a little bit earlier. And the best part about all of these is you never really know what's coming next. And that's how brilliantly these things are written. Yeah. Yeah, and we were talking too about um, a Casino Royale and uh, or Casino Royale, and, uh, and and loved that. Loved the reboot of um, the James Bond movie. That's still that's still a classic, one of the best with Daniel Craig. Um, and then you know the other three were entertaining. That's how I would say that. I liked them. They were they were good. They were entertaining. And then all of a sudden you get this one, the fifth installment for Daniel Craig, and it was just like it was a masterpiece. It was amazing, and it. Uh, was extremely, extremely well done. It might be one of those where after I viewed it a few times, Chad, it might end up being my favorite James Bond movie. Yet right now, it's right below Casino Royale. I mean, it doesn't really get yeah, any closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like um, with um, Batman. Batman Begins, I think, with Christian 
uh, I was going to say Christian Slater. Christian uh, Bale. Bale, yeah. Like I, I, I thought that was a great movie for the for a Batman relaunch. I mean, it, it, it had great storytelling, it great action, you know, great cast. And uh, I'm not trying to go down that road. I just thought that that was another movie that kind of ri- reminded me of of um, uh, Daniel Craig's first movie. You know what I mean? With the reboot, it was really well done. It was it was it was really great storytelling. Batman Begins, I think, did that. You know, and then the rest just whatever. But the same thing coming back to the Bourne identity. I thought that was just um, an amazing story, amazing action, and. Um, Anyway, yeah. We'll get back to Bond in just a bit. We're going to kind of try to tie that into your writing process. But Chad Stewart's my guest here on Across the County. And we, we're not just talking about James Bond and the new film No Time to Die, which we both absolutely loved. But we're here to talk about Brit Field and The Lost Crown and what's coming next. Because there are things on the horizon. There are things already in the works. There are things that are already out there that you can become a part of. And it's a global brand, Britfield, and it's a media empire that's impacting and improving education, literacy, and media while bringing encouragement to the kids, which that is what it is all about at the end of the day. So the last time we spoke with Chad, book one, Britfield and the Lost Crown, was out. Huge success. So many great reviews. And now book two is out. It's Britfield and the Rise of the Lion. So Tell us a little bit of what's going on right now, Chad, a little bit of a recap on how well book one is done and what people can expect if they go and pick up book two, which is Britfield and the Rise of the Lion. Yeah, so book one was launched in uh, August 2019. It's part of a seven book series, uh, each book taking place in a different country. Since its launch, it's become a uh, a national bestseller, and it's also uh, one of the most awarded books in children's fiction, which is amazing. And um, and the first Bitfield and Lost Crown movie is in the works right now in development, so we can we can circle back to that. So launched uh, book two, Bitfield and the Rise of the Lion, uh, July fourth, which was kind of cool, patriotic, and uh, and that's that's become a bestseller. It's doing extremely well, uh, and I love it. It's it's kind of like my Empire Strikes Back in the Star Wars series. If if book one is my Star Wars, you know, and Star Wars is always Star Wars. It's always that unique, um, you know, introduction to this amazing world. And I felt the Field Lost Crown was that. But then all of a sudden you get something that's a little bit more edgy, a little bit more intense, as you would expect with a series. And so book two takes place in France. Tom and Sarah, who are the main characters, are now 13. Uh, book one came in at 384 uh, pages, and uh, book two comes in at uh, uh, 474 pages. So it's a longer book. It's a lot more action. And and uh, and it's nice as, as as an author that's writing a series. It's it's fun for many reasons. One is you get a chance to develop the characters, and um, and two it challenges you as a writer because it's like I I've always said this as a writer when I come into my book, um, writers always have a sort of um, a repertoire of, uh, of of skills and and tricks to, of the trade, if you will. You know things that you can do or or writing great scenes or intense scenes, and I I tend to use everything I have in the first third of the book. And so I throw, I like, I throw everything in and I'm like, okay, now I've got two thirds of the book. You know, what, do I, where do I go from here? And, and so I constantly challenge myself by having to raise the bar and think of things, you know, um, more intensely and, and, and better action and heightened action and heightened character development, et cetera, et cetera. But um, so no, so book, book two is going well and, and, and doing very well. Um, it's interesting because we're talking about the parallels with Britfield Lost Crown and, and the Harry Potter series. Now where, I would feel they're completely different. Harry Potter uh, series is kind of a, in in the magical world of, of witchcraft and, and suspended reality. Britfield Lost Crown takes place in reality. 
Um, and it's really just it's based in the, in the current here and now, book one in England, book two in France, book three, which I'm just now finishing at 575 pages, takes place in Italy. And, um, and it's exciting. So uh, I'll actually start writing book four, if you can imagine, next year. And it'll take place in Austria, um, uh, Czech Republic, Poland, Eastern Europe, and, and Russia. So, uh, and what's so fun about me, about the series for me as a writer too, and I think for the audience is that every book is in a new country. And so I get to, I get the privilege of introducing the best of the best of that country, uh, their culture, their architecture, their history, their, uh, their literature and, and everything that makes those countries great. Well, and that's what sets, I believe the world of Britfield apart from Harry Potter, which I think a lot of families had a problem with. It's all yes. based in reality. These kids are going on an actual adventure in actual countries and they're presented with extraordinary circumstances and it doesn't have to go into the realm of fantasy or sometimes into areas that parents might not want their kids in order to be reading about or if, if you're translating that into the movies to see on the big screen. Yeah, and I'd say the Britfield series is based on family, friendship, loyalty, and courage. That's what's at the core of it. Family is the is the theme of the entire series, but but basing it in reality um, is is what I think connects connects you, the reader, and the audience, and the and the students, the kids, and even the adults to the book. That it's they're real places, they're real events, um, real history. I mean, I do I do extensive deep dives in, in into my research. I mean, this morning I'm in Venice now for book. Three, and I was researching um, a gondola and, and all, all the things that go into a, in, into a gondola and, and how do you maneuver a gondola and, and, and all those things. And I was like, I'd, I'd look it up. I was watching some videos and then I, I w- would write my paragraph. You know? That's great. <laughs> I mean, it's as real as possible. I mean, um, there's one scene where they're parachuting out of a, um, I don't want to give too much away, but a, but a, but a, but a massive um, airplane. And, I, and so I'm doing all my research on, on, skydiving and what's involved and how high can you skydive until you need oxygen masks. I mean, literally it's like, so I think that's what makes the story so fun. I don't bog it down with details, which I, I think unfortunately too many writers do. Um, I call them speed bumps. You know, you're, you're, you're flowing along with a story and then boom, here's a paragraph. And it's just like, no, it's just, it's, it's trying to do it in such a way that it's like one sentence. You know what I mean? I can tell you a little bit about where they are, or I can tell you a little history here. Or I can tell you a few details about this thing but I'm going to do it in a sentence, you know what I mean? And so you have a little bit of back knowledge. I, I'm making it a little bit more real, uh, but I'm not bogging you down with details. You know, Chad, it's a lot harder to write in reality than it is to it write is. in fantasy because in fantasy, there are no rules. You can kind of make things up as you go. When yeah, you're writing yeah. something reality-based in the real world, you don't have that luxury. No, and that's, and that's extremely well said because I think, I think this type of writing is extremely hard. And, and, I've, and I've often written myself into a, um, into a corner because, because everything has to make sense. I, I think you, could, you can bend or suspend reality maybe once in your book, you know, where it like might be, hmm, okay. For that like extraordinary that moment. Yeah, but, but beyond that, it's like it's got to make sense. Everything has to make sense. That, that could happen. You know what I mean? Like, like, okay, I could see that. They can't just suddenly produce something. You know what I mean? It's got to make sense. And um, I remember I, even in book one when they were um, they crash landed in Oxford, and 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 so they were Tom and Sarah were sitting at this apartment uh, of this uh, college student that took them in for the night, and they were they were literally going through um, the circumstances, like how do we get to London? And they they were listing everything, like okay, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. And I ended that paragraph, and I thought. 
what what do we do? <laughs> like, That's all the options. Play? There's nothing left, guys. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and, and so I, I do. I, every book I run into about two or three of those moments where it's like, like, how do I get him out of here that makes sense? It's like you don't wave a wand or say a spell or some flying bird comes down and grabs you. You know, it's, it's what would make sense that they could get out of the circumstance. And um, yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, book three to me is uh, my crescendo. Book three is my no time to die. And, and I, I, I felt some parallels there. I've got to admit with, with, um, with Jesse, see, I'm tying it back together, but, but with book three and it, it takes place in Italy, Thomas there now 14. Um, I mean, it's 575 pages and from start to finish, it's all action. Now, of course, there's moments where they're, collecting their thoughts or discussing something, but it's, it just, it does not stop. Well, you mentioned a little bit earlier that no time to die made you want to be a better writer. So now here's my question to you as you're wrapping up writing book three and going forward into book four, do you want to maybe rework a couple of things because of the creativity and the style that you saw with that movie, no time to die? I'm going to have to. Um, and, and it's interesting. I, I'm, you know, when you're, when you're, when I was writing book one, I wasn't planning on a series. And then by the time I finished book one, I thought, you know what, I think there's a series here and already started thinking about book two. And I already knew at least I knew, I knew I wanted England, France, and, and Italy. And then I started to develop into a five and then a seven book series. And now it's very different because I'm, as I'm finishing up three, I'm thinking, I'm already thinking about four. Uh, which I don't normally do, but it's just like, my goodness gracious, how am I going to top this? So I'm going to have to come to a whole nother level of writing. And I'm nearing my eight to 10,000 hours of, of, from hobby to, to expert, um, you know, going from a hobby to an expert takes about eight to 10,000 hours. And so I, I think about, I, I'm right around eight to 8,500 hours into the three book Brickfield series. So, um, but no, it is, it was very inspiring. It did. It, it, it inspired inspired me in a different way than any movie has in, in just, like I said, it was like, they really had their act together. They, they spent the extra time developing the story and, um, and tying it together. They didn't just deliver like an entertaining story, a three act stru- structure that made sense. Um, they, they delivered a masterpiece. That was their ninth symphony. How's that? It really um, was. And you know, yeah, what a greater yeah. compliment to the writers of that film than to, Hey, you gave me some ideas about just the process of storytelling that I want to incorporate yeah. in my own stories. That's lights out. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, we, depending on how much time we have, we could talk a little bit more about where we're at with Britfield. And just so you know, we just, we just signed, I just signed this morning. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's our, get into that yeah. because we're running, we are running out of time. Noah here with Chad Stewart, uh, go to Britfield.com, by the way, find out all about the world of Britfield. There you can find out about Britfield and the rise of the lion, the latest book in the series. And real quickly, a uh, quick answer, Chad, can readers get free excerpts from book two, like they did from book one on the website? Yes. Yeah. We have chapters one and two for free. So it's right there. It's under book two. You can find it. So yeah. And the website's an amazing place to visit. There's over 400 pictures of, of England. There's interactive maps, hundred pages worth of information. Uh, we have a lot of interviews, our school, our, our national school tours on there uh, with pictures and feedback. It's a fun place to go. So go to Britfield.com. So what's the latest news on the series being turned into major motion pictures? Because I know the last time we talked, and I know a little bit of the answers about this, we've talked off the air, but the last time we had you on the show, that was an idea, but I think it's moving along now. Have you talked to production houses, directors? What can you tell us? 
Yeah, some of some of it I can't can't say too much, but we've I've signed with um, with two producers now to turn Britfield Lost Crown into a major motion picture, and um, and right now we're we've got um, a ton of interest in in Hollywood. I'm speaking with my I speak with my producer once a week, um, and then I'll be up at his house in Calabasas um, December fourth um, to meet as a group uh, as we sort of consolidate uh, where we're at. And so it's it's very close. There's a couple major studios that, that are the right fit. And so right now it's just finding the best studio that's the right fit. Um, if all goes well, uh, we'll be in pre-production uh, in the spring of next year, production in England in the fall of next year, and releasing probably around Christmas time 2023. And this will be the first of seven uh, movies. This is just going to be just an amazing thing to watch. Develop, it already has been, just watching you go from book one into book two, finding out the creative process, finding your ideas about how you do want to turn this into a major motion picture. Now watching it become reality is an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very different. I know I know in the past with you and many others, it's like, it's like yes, we're going to be doing a film, but I, I didn't really talk about it because it's like it just wasn't it, – it, it was going to happen, but it just wasn't there. It's happening now. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's reality. And, and it's, it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. It's not an if it's, it's when. And, um, and so it'll be soon. And it's interesting too, that we are, our, our book sales are running parallel with exactly where Harry Potter was in its, in its history. That's great. Yeah. I mean, we're right on, we're right on track with it. Well, and this is why we, the first couple of times I, t- I talked to you, Chad, you said, and it's also a, you know, a catchphrase for the series, Britfield isn't just a book, and Britfield isn't just a, a great you know, way to bring families together. Britfield is a movement. It is. It is. It's a movement in, in creativity and family values and literacy. And I'll tell you a couple of things real quick that we that have, that have developed and we that yeah, please do. going. So, yeah, so we wrapped we wrapped our uh, our national school tour, which ended up to be 23 states, 180 schools and almost 40,000 students that we presented in front of. Now we're planning a global tour, which will kick off next year. Uh, we'll do six weeks in England, Scotland and uh, Ireland. I was going to ask you, I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know if it was going to be virtual or if you're actually going to these places. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, you know, we're planning it. And again, and, and bar, bar some another catastrophe, um, hopefully things will, will start to be returning to some, some form. So, so that's, that's planned, and it's planned right around April, so we'll be there for the London Book Fair, which will be exciting. Yeah. And then, um, and then in, in the fall of next year, we'll, we'll be doing an Eastern European tour for about two and a half months, and that will be 12 countries. And, uh, and so that kind of takes care of next year. And then after that, we're, we're off to Australia, New Zealand, and Asia, including uh, North Korea and Japan, Singapore and Hong Kong. How cool would that be? Well, and all of this is so cool, Chad, because at the end of the day, whether it's the books or the movies or the creativity process that you and I are so awesomely inspired to share with the kids and try to get them to be able to really realize how valuable it is, it's all to expand minds. It's all to give families and children quality stories, quality books, and quality movies to share and learn from. We like to call it stealth education because kids are, are as, they're, as they're reading it, they're actually learning a lot of valuable skills like critical thinking, communication, creativity. They're learning history, geography, art, architecture, culture of different countries. Um, but along with the tour and then eventually South America, which will be which will be a blast. Also, we uh, we're, we're trans we're starting in December. We're translating uh, Briffield Lost Crown into a theatrical play for middle school and elementary schools. And so. 
that w and we've already got our first pilot school for next fall that will be presenting it in uh, Mission Viejo. And so basically, you know, I'd say by the end of next year, um, Britfield Lost Crown will, will be available to over 100,000 elementary middle schools in the United States to be, to be brought into their theater departments and put on as a play. You and I will have to talk. I actually have a school candidate that I think would actually be a great place for you to bring that show to. Yeah, I think it's going to be explosive, just like the film, um, you know, and, 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 and I've been wanting to do it for 18 months. I pulled the trigger um, about three weeks, three months ago. And then it's, it's kind of in its, its pre-development stages. And then in, in December, I, I, we dive in. I've got a team together that's going to help, you know, put it together. We've already planned it. And it's interesting, too, because it's like you can see this as a movie. And, uh, and, and it's easier to do as a movie, right? Because it's like the balloons and, you know, whatever. Oh, sure. Chase. I mean, how do you do it as a theatrical play? But I think we've already come up with a concept where this, this but, and again, too, it doesn't matter what the budget of the school is because there'll be different sort of packages to bring it into the school. We don't want to. We want every single school to have the opportunity. And if it's a Title I school or it's a school that doesn't have a budget, we'll just give it to them. You know, it's not about the money for us, you know. It's about the kids. Um, it is. It is. And, it's, and it's, bring, it's, it's, it's hitting the schools in every way we possibly can to bring creativity back into those classrooms and get kids inspired about things that are real and about being, you know, creative and about being individual and about trusting your own abilities and talents and uh, instincts and having hope encourage, you know, and, and these are the qualities that we're, we, we will be bringing into thousands of schools across the nation. Uh -huh. We also, we also um, uh, solidified a partnership with a major retailer that's currently in 55,000 schools in the United States, and they are leading with Britfield Lost Crown as the number one book for all their middle schools. And wow. So they've, done, they've done a few pilot programs um, in the spring and now, and now uh, to the tune of 30,000 books are going into schools throughout the Southeast next year, probably about 50 to a hundred thousand books. And eventually we'll be in every single school in the United States. Well, okay. you are making a difference, my friend. And I, I have to tell you how proud I am of you because this has been a lot of work, but a lot of hard work. And it's definitely something that at the end of the day is very worthwhile. Where do you see Britfield in the next five years? I'm very curious. I know things are moving along very rapidly. What part of the stage of the game do you think it'll be in, in five years? Uh, whew, that's a good question. I would say, I'd say we'd be nearing, um, well, we, by, well, by five years, we, we would be at a global phenomenon, uh, much like Star Wars or what Harry, what Star Wars was, what Harry Potter was. Um, those are the two sort of mark benchmarks, if you will, or the, the things that we sort of parallel with. Now, again, we have nothing in common with Star Wars, although I loved the movie and I was totally inspired by it, you know, um, and, and same thing with the Harry Potter as far as success. I think within 10 years, we'll outsell Harry Potter. Um, and it will be bigger than Harry Potter. And, and I, we believe that the, 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 the film, the first film, Griffin Lost Ground, will be one of the most successful films in cinematic history. I have absolutely no doubt because it's quality, it's family, it's creativity at its finest. Real quickly, Chad, before we run out of time, we've got about a minute left. What's going on new with the Britfield Institute? Uh, you guys are all about knowledge, creativity, and literacy down there. People can check it out at britfieldinstitute.org. Anything new? Um, yeah, I think things are going well with it. It's sort of been on cruise control because of everything that's happening in the, in the uh, school system. I mean, like our, our, um, our school tour went virtual, you know, uh, this year, yeah. which was, uh, which was an interesting dynamic, <laughs> but, um, and, but it was kind of fun. And, and, uh, you know, so it's like, I come into a classroom virtually through zoom and we were able to reach out to a lot of other, other states that we never got to like Florida and Georgia and Indiana. 
but same thing with the Institute. But I, I think right now everything is about preparing and prepping and positioning. And I think, I think uh, the Institute's time will be next year. Um, uh, there's something like 30,000 Title I schools in the nation. And uh, really the, the, the reason for Griffield Institute is, is to bring back creativity back into the classroom. Um, and, and again, too, it's, it's, not, it's, it's privately funded uh, as a nonprofit. So it's not about charging schools anything. It's about giving schools everything. <laughs> so it's providing resources, workshops, uh, books, I mean, you name it, for, for, for kids that's, that struggle, for schools that struggle, for classrooms that struggle, we're, we're going to come in there and just inspire them, let them know that they're loved, and just, trans, just transform their lives. And so that's what the Institute's all about. So I've, I've been aligning with a lot of powerful um, national organizations. In fact, I had a conversation yesterday with uh, someone that's uh, been, been uh, out of Tennessee that's been in the game for about 17 years. And they've already impacted over 500,000 students in the nation with their programs. And so we're looking for potential alignment with them along with others, uh, which is great. And, and so, yeah. Well, we will keep abreast here on the show of anything that's moving with the Britfield Institute. because We just love the work that you guys do there in making sure that kids are inspired and just learn that creative process, which at the end of the day is going to make them so successful. Again, check them out, BritfieldInstitute.org. Check out Britfield.com because that is where you can get the new book, Britfield and the Rise of the Lion, which has been released, and we're going to have book three well on the way, so stay tuned for that. Chad Stewart, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's been far too long, and we're going to do these updates on a regular basis. Yeah, we should come back and talk more about film, and we should talk more about storytelling and writing. I think that's always an interesting topic, and um, you know, some of the books that have inspired us and why. And um, and you know, an interesting conversation would be where where is film uh, going? Because of course, I have I'm I'm in I'm in. I'm behind the curtain on this one and, and, and get daily updates, if you will. So, so, and we do a lot of research and analysis, you know, where, where is not just the nation going, but where's the world going in, in specifically publishing uh, media and film. And so, um, so interesting. That would be a good, good topic. We will do that in 2022. I can't even believe I'm saying that. So we'll have you back on. We'll talk about all of those things right here on Across the County. Noah here with Chad Stewart. We're going to be bringing him on in in the brand new year because it's it's November already. I can't even believe it. But check it out, Britfield.com, Britfield and the Rise of the Lion.